Hey guys, welcome back to Bodies in the Bayous. I'm Morgan. And I'm Gretchen. Today we are going to bring you episode 11, The Confessions of a Madman Part 2, The Eleven That Went to Heaven. When we left you in the last episode, we were um, talking about Bell's arrest and conviction, and we ended kind of on the note of was he playing a cat and mouse game with um, authorities and we wanted to go into a little bit more detail about that today. And, you know, did he do these murders? Could he have done these murders? What makes sense here? So we're going to kind of um, dive into his confession letters for you guys. Um, first, we did have a question from a listener who was wondering why we are not covering male victims. Well, and I think it's a good question, but... The, the answer to that is when you look at the, the Texas killing fields and this cluster of killing during this time period, there doesn't seem to be a cluster of male victims. Not to say that there were not male victims of homicide um, during this period. There definitely are. And we could go looking for, you know, that, but there's not the cluster or the continue or the small clusters you know, where you have like, you know, in 1971, where you have a large amount of these women who are going missing and then, you know, it kind of picks back up and then it slows back down. You don't have that with male victims, not in this area. I think if we were to look in other areas, you would possibly see that. But what we were covering was the Texas killing fields, this area, this time period, and you just don't have a cluster there. It, it may be a great other season to look at, you know, to see what other clusters might be out there, but it's, it's just not, not something that we're doing in this series right now. Right. So thank you for your question. Jesus. All right. And with that, I believe we are going to go ahead and jump right on into our episode. So Gretchen, do you want to get us started today? Sure. So, Edward Harold Bell wrote two letters in 1998, one to the Galveston County DA's office and one to the Harrison, Harris County DA's office. In those letters, he claimed that he killed seven girls in the early 1970s. Little else is known about exactly what's included, exact wording or anything like that, because the letters have not been released to the public and still are not released to the public even after Bell's death. What we do know about the letters um, is that the Galveston DA's office said he confessed the killing of Debbie Ackerman, Marie Johnson, Brooks Bracewell, Georgina Gear, and others. The Galveston County DA's office at the time, which was a different DA than we have currently, but at the time, said there was nothing in the in Bell's confession that was able that was he was not able to find with a little bit of research. And so I think that kind of brings us into a discussion that we were having about, you know, why can't you just take the confession, go to the grand jury and say, he said he did it and, and go forward. Right. That was kind of what you were talking about. Right. And, you know, to do that, to indict him on, based on his confessions, you have to have corroborating evidence to right. prove that. So I do believe that that's why they couldn't go forward based on what he's saying is, this is nothing that you can find with a, an article in a newspaper, something from the TV that might have been said. So, and I think that's kind of where we started to dive into it and say, okay, what can we find out about these letters? And 
And what, what do we know? What we do know is that French Page, who was a Galveston County detective in the cold and worked on cold cases, investigated Bell in 2006. Fred Page is also very famous for the documentary on A&E, which is The Eleven Who uh, Went to Heaven. Actually, I think it's just called The Eleven, but uh, it's an A&E docu-series. And um, he found that there were a lot of good coincidences that made Bell a good suspect. And some of that is location. So Bell is living in the area at the time and is doing the type of behaviors that could possibly lead to this. You know, he... He's arrested several different times for exposing himself to individuals, you know, to young girls who would be younger or around the same age as some of our victims. Mm -hmm. And so that we definitely know for sure. We also know that Bell is arrested for sexual assault. He does pick up a woman at the Galveston County Mental Hospital. He takes her in his truck. He sexually assaults her. Right. She reports and um, he says that they were girlfriend, boyfriend, and that she consented and she's just crazy. And the charges were dropped. But we know that he had that behavior of possibly somebody who would sexually assault somebody. And when he did that, he did threaten her with a weapon. Right. We also know that Bell is capable of murder when he gets angry. You know, you cannot deny the brutality that happens in the murder of Larry Dickens. You can't deny that somebody makes him that angry and that he will murder them. Well, sure. And I mean, even just with Larry, you know, he shot him, but then went back and cold-bloodedly shot him again, you know, to to get that kill shot. So we definitely know he's capable of cold-blood murder. Right. In front of witnesses, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and... And surprisingly enough, doesn't even injure them in the process. Right. It doesn't even go after them because they weren't the threat to him. So, so we know that he has that brutality. Then, you know, so the other things that we do know is that, um, so at this point, you know, Galveston County um, pretty much kind of says, we're not going to take this forward to the grand jury. But there's, there is some things there. And I think certainly when people say that there's corroboration there, access to these victims is one of those things. So when you talk about Debbie Ackerman and Maria Johnson, they were known in Galveston to visit the surf shops, to be involved in that kind of surfing and beach type um, activities. We know that he owned Doug's or was part owner in Doug's surf shop on 51st Street and Stewart Avenue. That would be in location to where those girls were seen. Right. When he confesses, he says that he picked the girls up outside of the Baskin Robbins during the day that they, so one of the letters or one of the interviews that he gives to a reporter, which, you know, we are able to at least access that is that he picks them up at the surf shop. Um, They hop in his van. They tell him that they want to have sex with him because they're tired of having sex with boys. And so he has sex, um, with one of them and then returns them back. Um, Also in a letter that he writes, he does report that Maria Johnson had $20 in her wallet. That is one thing that 
as much as I have tried to delve into newspaper articles and different things, I've actually not found any mention of her having the $20. So that is, if, if that is the case, if that is true that she did, to me, that would certainly be some type of corroboration. Right. And it might be something only the killer would know. It, it certainly right. could. But again, some of what we don't have access to that maybe the DAs have access to is obviously I have access to quite a few articles and I'm able to read through those different articles. But at the time there were also news reporters who were putting out reports too. And so there's a possibility that that information was out there. Um, there's a possibility that the reason that Galveston didn't say that's that one piece of evidence that we need to go after him or Texas city, you know, didn't say that's it. That's that one piece of evidence that we need to go after him, but it would go to the DA's office. Um, is because maybe it's not true because we don't know that, mm -hmm. you know, from everything that I can find, I can't find that. Um, well, one the, more thing though, with him saying that he picked the girls up at the Baskin Robbins, right? right? He's saying that's during the day. But we know for a fact that that wouldn't have happened during the day because she they were on their way back to Texas City to retrieve the wallet that she left in around 8 p.m. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and not to not to play devil's advocate mm -hmm. here, but we know that they hitchhiked the first time to Texas City and then they got the cab ride back and then they were hitchhiking again. Right. Mm hmm. I don't believe a word that Bell has to say, and I'm not going to say that I do, but one of the problems with that information there is you could possibly put him as a first ride. Wait a second. So could he have been the first ride? I think, I think that all things are possible, you know, um, I think any good defense attorney with the information that he's giving could float that theory out there that he's saying that he picked them up and, but you know, he doesn't necessarily mean that he's the one who killed them. I mean, he confesses to killing seven women. Obviously he confesses to killing them, but then goes back on it and says, no, wait just a second. I didn't, I didn't kill them. I just simply picked them up and I had sex with uh, Maria Johnson. And, you know, then I dropped them back off and then, you know, kind of, I, then they might've been killed later, but I wouldn't have been responsible for that. You know, I think anything's possible. And I think, you know, it, it certainly is one of those things that, anybody's going to think to your, themselves, does that leave you with reasonable doubt? Well, sure. But that, and it'd also be one hell of a coincidence, right? <laughs> I mean, that you're just the ride, you drop them off and then later they show up and get murdered. <laughs> I mean, that, that just would be, um, I mean, know, it'd be reasonable doubt for me, no matter how much I'd want to see somebody, you know, you know, I mean, it's hard to say if I was on a jury, if that'd be enough reasonable doubt for me. Um, I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those strange things though, that I think Bell kind of plays this cat and mouse game back and forth. He says, I did it. And then he says, no, I didn't do it. I was just saying that I gave them a ride, you know, um, you know, I knew them all of that kind of thing. And so 
with all of all of the other things together could it could it be a possibility and again you know one of the things that we go back to is so that corroboration you know did he have access did he have the ability is it possible you know and and one of the things that i think that you have to say is bell is certainly a good suspect at least for them oh yeah i mean you he know, would have the opportunity you know what is it date time location you know yeah and i mean and what we do know about him is that he did know the texas city area right so he worked in the texas city area for a while um he definitely knew the galveston area was known to um drive around at pharmaceutical sales you know he worked in texas city uh for the car dealership you know he was a mechanic for a while could he have possibly been a mechanic at one of the oil fields properties did he know what was behind the fence um you know is that is that a possibility and i i think that you you have to keep an open mind with it and say yes it's a possibility but one of the things that i keep going back to with that is you know the the oil field workers who gave their statements about that gate you know and we were out there with that gate we talked quite a bit about it in the episode but the gate they said the gate was locked and when they came back the next day they said the gate was open you know they don't say that it was cut open or that it was destroyed or or anything like that it's just simply open and I just kind of go back to how, I mean, did he, in everything that I've seen, nobody seems to say, oh, hold on a second. We had this employee bell at one point. He worked in the oil fields. I don't, we don't ever see that, you know, you don't ever get that one last tangible piece that puts you kind of over that doubt. And so that's it for me, you know, when talking about them, I just really have kind of wondered if it was, if it was something from there. One of the other things that he does do is when confessing to the, uh, Debbie Ackerman and Maria Johnson, which is the one case that we know a lot more about than any other thing that he talks about. But one of the things that we do know is that he says he, the girls were standing in the water and he shot them by standing on the footbridge from above. Right. And what does match with that is certainly the testimony of that corner who says that somebody was standing from above them, you know, but what he says in those articles is that they were on the shore. Right. Right. And so, and Bell says they're in the water. It does give me a little bit of pause to make that determination a little bit different. Could Is there a big difference between the shore and the water? Well, no, because you're still standing above them, right? But the casings are on the shore. Right. And if he was shooting from the footbridge. They'd be on the footbridge. On the footbridge. So... We, you can say two things there. You can say he did shoot them on the footbridge and then he picked up the casings and tossed them on the shore. 
Yeah, but I just feel like if you are really confessing and you want to say, I did this, look at me, I can prove it. Wouldn't that be one of the things that you say, I picked up the casings and then put them next to their bodies? Like, wouldn't that just be like one of those things that could say this without a doubt is proof? And then I picked up the casings yeah. and put them on the shore because their right. bodies are in the water where right. they're found, right? Right. That um, or like, like that proof of, you know how I can prove that I did it is I got into the gate this way. No mention of the gate. No mention of the gate. And that's one of the very first things we mention right. in our episode is we couldn't even get back there because there's a gate. There. Um, and so, yeah, that that's one of those things that it's like... Well, and then the other the other thing about that is is this: Can could he find out how they were shot? You know that they were shot from above, not like just standing behind them or shot while they were running or anything like that. That they were actually literally shot from somebody standing above them. And the answer to that question is one hundred percent yes, because I found it. I found a detailed description of it on the front page of the paper. Right. And actually not just on the front page of one paper on the front page of a ton of papers, mm -hmm. you know, where it details that corner going through that detail of how they were shot. Right. You know, and then the things that are left behind are detailed there too. The fact that their hands are tied is detailed. Um, and then how their hands are tied is, you know, detailed. And so those types of things that he can bring out or be accredited to as bringing out, I can find. And so you have to question, okay, well, he's in prison. Can he find those? But if you're the type of individual that he is, which is a sick individual who enjoys the thought of children and those types of acts, then I think you would get obsessed with other people who are doing those types of things. And you would know that information. Right. Because it would be something that you would be thinking about, be talking, you know, be like obsessing over, be dreaming about, be, you know, fantasizing. Yeah. And at this point we know he's locked up, so he can't actually act on all these thoughts that he's been able to act on throughout all these years by exposing himself and, you know, seeking out young girls or, you know, different things like that. So he has to go to his next option, which would be this, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, one of the things that they talk about in the um, documentary is that he, how would he have access to trying to like find information in newspaper articles? Well, two things. One, I don't know what type of library they had, you know, where he could look things up or look at old newspapers or whether or not he could be on the internet, you know, which in 98, yeah, that's, you know, not as detailed as what I can probably find today, but it's not impossible. But you have to question. So you have a Texas city going in and asking him questions. You know, you after he writes these letters, you have Texas City going in, you have Galveston going in, you have DA's offices going in, you have Harris County going in, and you have a ton of reporters going in, right? Well, sure. And, you know, we know, and it, you know, his sister even described him as a con man. So if you have all these people coming in and questioning you, it's almost like, okay, what can I pick up from what they're asking me about to, you know, make it seem like I know what I'm talking about? Exactly. Exactly. And they're smart. They're, they know how to be smart and, and kind of outwit that. And he's smart. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what, I mean, you watch him, you know, talk about and you think, oh, okay, this is this is a crazy man. This is a smart individual. 
you know? And so when he's interviewed by different people, I think he's definitely taking those bits of mm -hmm. information back. And what we do know about narcissists too, is they tend to do that. They tend to listen to what people are saying around them so they can turn around and use it against them, so to speak. And he's doing, this is classic what he's doing. Uh -huh. Well, and really, I mean, one of the things that we've noticed also now with false confessions, which this guy, I mean, you, you can ask yourself a lot, why would somebody falsely confess to killing seven women? Because at 98, he's confessing to killing seven. And then later he's confessing to killing 11. And now they're putting him with 12. Um, but why would somebody do that? You know, and you can take false confessions and say, this is a false confession because we coerced somebody into it. But you have the other side of false confessions too, which is somebody falsely confesses because they want the notoriety. Mm -hmm. And so while you have false confessions that the police feed somebody information and out of that, we find out later the way that they got that confession was by feeding information to them. The same can be true of somebody who wants to get the notoriety the police or the um, reporters bring them little tidbits of information and it just expands on what they're sure. talking about. And later. like if somebody comes in and starts questioning you say about something that happened five years ago that you may or may not know about after say interview, you might go home and say, I'm going to look this up because I just don't know right now. You're mm -hmm. curious, which could be also happening with him too. Right. This reporter or this DA or whoever has come in to interview me has said this. Let me see what I can find out now. Well, and people are writing him letters. Right. The, and they could be sending him articles. They could sure. be sending him anything in the mail. Sure. And, you know, you have those notoriety of people who want to get to know somebody who's now a serial killer type. And so they'll write letters and, you know, they want to have him write back. So we don't know what he necessarily has access to. But to say that he couldn't have access to that, I had access to that. So once he starts with the letters to the DA's office, you know, he's not getting the, in, getting the notoriety that he wants or the attention that he wants. Then he does start with writing letters to authors of books and during, and then also to reporters. I mean, the Chronicle, several different type of, of things like that. And um, so I want to go into those a little bit. So in the letters that he writes in the um, later 2000s, around 2006, and then up until even his death, he claims that he was brainwashed by the program as a child, that President Roosevelt was part of this program. He states that his father, through tough beatings, made him a... Um, a killer and an exposer to children, that he's not responsible for his action, that the programs made him kind of into this raving lunatic. So what what are, like, is this some kind of program that, like, other people have claimed almost like how they used to give, like, LSD to the soldiers? Like, is it something that's... Well, he's making it out to be that. I mean, he's definitely making it out to be like he's claiming that, you know, this program was instituted and, you know, it's kind of implied that he's not the only victim of this type of program. Um, so he's claiming that it's not anything that I've I've heard of, okay. you know, um, it's, you know, I mean, our government doesn't have the greatest history in the world of not doing things, you know, for research purposes. Right. You know. But but usually you hear of more than one claim. Like, has right. anybody else 
spoken out. I think there are said program. I think there are definitely other lunatics out there who, who have made these types of claims before. So it's conspiracy theory. Yeah. Okay. But I don't, as far as I have found, I have not seen any, like nothing has come to light to say, Oh, Hey, by the way, in the 19, you know, forties and fifties, we actually had a program that we performed on children that oops, they ended up being a bunch of serial killers or, you know, you, you don't see any document. I'm not real sure that the government would want that to come out, but it's not something that seems to be coming out, but you know, okay. um, it is, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, if you think about it kind of, comes from those ravings of like schizophrenics and stuff like that, mm -hmm. where, where they believe that, you know, the government is, you know, programming them through the computer or the telephone or, you know, through other sources or, you know, they hear voices and stuff. So you do see that sometimes. Um, but. And nothing has been released about like mental uh, disorders or anything on him. No, Not that I saw no. either. And, you know, certainly. Because if he was schizophrenic, even in jail, they'd be treating him for that. Well, I think nowadays, yes, if he, you, know? you know, before his death, I mean, they would have been treating Absolutely. him for that type of um, delusional behavior. Um, like they would be sedating him or they you know, and he certainly was going to psych wards, you know, for the exposing. But that's how they were treating, you know, men. Who, well, yeah, that was his quote unquote punishment. Right. Is to, I guess, rehabilitate. And again, this that. is a guy I mean, who had a series of visits to psych wards. And so if there were people who had those types of delusions, again, this is a smart individual. So he can be picking up on those types of delusions and now turning them into something that he believes. Mimicking it. So, but, you know, when you look at like kind of his life down in Panama, you know, you certainly don't see anything where anybody's saying, oh, yeah, you know, he, he did talk about, you know, how he was programmed into this. This doesn't come out until, you know, he's looking for some excuse to his behavior. Right. You know, until he's and even when he's on trial for Dickens, that doesn't he doesn't come out and say, oh, my gosh, the program made me a killer. Or at least his defense attorney doesn't take that tack to say, oh, I'm sorry, this was a lunatic. And so let's go with a um, with a um, defense of the fact that he's crazy. No, what they go for is trying to prove that it was self-defense. So if he was schizophrenic or had those types of behaviors, you know, where he was hearing voices and talking about the program back then, they would have gone with it something come like out. that. Yeah. 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 Because then he could have gotten a sentence for killing Dickens that would have put him in a mental hospital. You know, I mean, even now the guy who killed Reagan, you know, Hinckley, I mean, he's out right now. Because he had delusions of those types where voices were telling him to do that. Mm -hmm. Those were proven. So when you're talking about trials that happened back then, I mean, look at what's happening in that history in the 80s and the 90s. You have those types of defenses that are actually working. He's not bringing that forward. Right. So to me, and just reading between the lines, I think he wants to blame his current condition. And when he comes out and looks like, a crazy person and start spouting off about the program and how his dad makes him do it. He gets more and more attention. Mm -hmm. 
you know, like, oh my gosh, we missed the fact that this mad man who was hearing voices and dealing with this type of thing, we missed the fact that he was running the street. And so that gets him attention. Mm -hmm. And that's what it looks like to me, you know, because you don't see, yes, you see a person who had a sick behavior of exposing himself to children, but for him to make that claim now, as opposed to, you know, at trial, at trial. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't believe it. You know, I don't, um, and I, I mean, think even it, when they went down to Panama, it's not like the people they interviewed ever, they did not say anything remotely close to that, you know, about him. Right. Actually. No, no. And I mean, you know, you're looking at a guy who managed to hold down a job, managed to actually be on the run for many, many years, you know, and then, but when he does this and when he goes into this and you're reading these letters and he's talking about this program, it leaves you kind of like trying to fit these pieces together, you know, and saying to yourself, okay, because what he does is he'll, he'll do that where he talks about this program. And then he drops these vague hints about, oh, I might've murdered this girl or I might've done this, you know, um, it's like, in one of those vague hints, those vague little things, he kind of has this whole thing about the program. And then he goes into um, talking about that he did murder Colette Wilson. And he describes her clothing that she's wearing a Mickey Mouse t-shirt and that she's wearing these shorts and that she has socks and shoes on. And he's describing that. Um, and again, this goes back to what information can you find about her abduction that's out there? And although I don't get the details up down to like the shoes, but again, I'm not, you know, I've seen many articles. It's possible that it's in those articles. Um, it's possible that you're just making an educated guess that she would have had socks and shoes on because what else is she wearing, you know, back then when she's going to a school function, mm -hmm. but he does get like, that she's wearing a Mickey Mouse t-shirt, that she's wearing these shorts. That is detailed in every single bit of information that you'd look at about Colette Wilson. Mm -hmm. But in that, you know, he, so he drops that as this is what she was wearing, right? No information do you get about um, Gloria Gonzalez and how that happened and who she was and why he put her at the same location that Colette was at, right? You get no information about that abduction. Like, how did you find her? How did you see her? He doesn't say, oh, yeah, as I'm driving away, I saw her mother driving up or another car driving up or I barely got out of the way. Or, hey, by the way, those were my uh, unemployment uh, yeah, stubs that yeah, were, she were talking. I was like, he doesn't yeah. even bring that up. But again, he may. He may not have known that they were ever missing. missing yeah. You know, and so, um, and actually, if he brought that up, that would almost make me more suspect of him not being truthful because that is definitely out there in a lot of different information. But what gets me too, and we were talking about this earlier, is, um, you know, he never even mentions like how he gets them in the car. You know, we, how we were talking right. about that, and we were discussing you know, how even in the slightest bit, he could have just even said, it's so easy to get these girls in there. Right. You know, it's so easy to say, hey, do you want to ride? Or, hey, you know, I see you're hitchhiking. Let me take, you, you know, he doesn't ever bring that up. 
Right. And that's the, that's the problem sometimes that I have with this is that, you know, um, he just, he confesses to these things, but there's just not, I don't, I don't know. There's just not enough there. You know, there's, there's enough there to make you doubt whether or not he did it. So I can't get to the place where I can say 100%, this guy didn't do it. He's just a guy seeking attention. Mm -hmm. And because he wrote this in this confession letter, that's why I believe it. Right. You know, there's, there's just not that. Right. Because he puts enough out there to get things right, but not enough out there to get anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, like Kimberly Pitcher, for example, he writes a little tiny bit of, of information about her and says that he abducted a redhead. Doesn't use her name. Doesn't say anything about the code or anything like that, but, but that she's a redhead. So, you know, then that has people saying, okay, that has to be Kimberly Pitchford. And so that, that's definitely him. Right. The problem with that is, you know, you just have to hang your hat on. Okay. Supposedly she's the only redhead that's out there. You know, it just constantly leaves more questions than answers. And this, it's just one of those things where you look at it and you say, how did he abduct Kimberly Pitchford? Did, did she willingly get in the car? Was she hitchhiking? You're, he's not giving us that. What he's giving us is a redhead. It's somewhere near South, South Houston or something. And then um, he gives us the money in with Maria Ackerman and Debbie. And then he gives us the clothes for Colette Wilson. And so, you know, you have, and then, then he later comes back. So he first starts with the seven and then he later comes back and expands this to 11 and says, it's the 11 who went to heaven. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's kind of what he's known for is this title or this poem of the 11 who went to heaven. And it's not him saying these are the 11. It's people looking at the things that he have said, he said, and putting together that those are the 11. And so if it's the 11 and you go off of what some what is being said, then it's Colette Wilson, Brenda Jones, and there's more questions there. You know, you don't mention Brenda Jones. How did you get Brenda Jones? Did you stalk her? Did you follow the bus? Did you know her? Did you talk to her at the hospital? Then you have Rhonda Johnson and Sh Sharon Shaw. Well, self confesses to those. I don't believe that self had anything to do with that. So, you know, I can say I believe that Bell would be a good suspect there. And yet you have questions there. You know, there, there are enough similarities with, with their case with others that I think that they probably are tied together, but there's still questions. He doesn't say, Oh, I dropped a set of keys or this is where I abducted them from. Because to me, that's still a question. They're found back home, but where were they actually abducted from Galveston or did something happen to them when they got home? Right. You know? And so in these confession letters are these little snippets and these little pieces of information that he drops. You don't get an answer to that. Well, yeah. and really with, with bell too. Yes. He's an exposer. Yes. We know that he's sexually assaulting women. I mean, we know this up until, um, you know, he kills, uh, Dickens, yeah. Dickens, yes. 
so when he kills Larry is the first time that you really see him having that violent, aggressive behavior out of like maybe self-preservation because now you have a man who could overpower him, right? It's not like women in his head. Um, but he's to this point just exposing, right? He's not killing per se. Well, so if you go off of what he's saying, then you would necessarily have the possibility that what he's doing is he's exposing and then killing. So he's doing both in there. And so you have a man. So, so then is it possible that there was a catalyst of the reason that he did start killing, you know, did, did he, did if he killed Colette Wilson, or if he was killing the whole time, right? right? If he's killing the whole time, then are these ones who in some ways angered him or in some ways he was worried that he wasn't going to get away. And so he had to, he had to do this, but it also goes back to one thing. If that's true though, here you've been very, very crafty to manage to get away with 11 killings and leave literally no trace behind. I mean, because at this point in time, if he murdered them, then he really didn't leave anything behind to be tied to. Because we know they have Bell's DNA, and we know that they have DNA at certain uh, one of the, at some of these certain scenes. We know Brenda Jones. There's DNA that probably do, isn't enough to be compared to him. But we, from what we know of recent DNA, Debbie Ackerman and Maria Johnson's case had DNA. Um, so possibly they've been comparing whatever they have to him in looking at that right and it's not matching or we would have a big announcement at right. this point oh yeah sure um so there's two things you can believe one he managed to get away with 11 killings and didn't leave a trace behind right mm -hmm. and then because dickens confronts him he goes off and shoots Dickens and not only shoots him, but he comes back and shoots him again. So that really his getaway is, is just obstructed. So he's like completely brilliant up until that point, because, and I guess you could say that's a possibility because it's a guy who goes after him. And so it's his first attempt at being confronted by a man, but, I don't know this when he kills Dickens, that's incredibly sloppy. Yeah. And yet everything else here is not. Yeah. Because I mean, if you're going to put it all together, it, I mean, right. if you, if you piece it out and you say, maybe there was a suspect here, maybe there was a suspect there, maybe these group belong here, then maybe no, it's not 11 that you managed to get away with, but it's two or three here. You know, and so maybe it's not as as neat and tidy. But if you're going to say 11 or possibly 12 for him, then really that's pretty, pretty good because Brooks Bracewell and Georgina Gear aren't even found until after he kills Dickens. So they weren't even really considered missing. Susan Bowers wasn't even found until after he killed Dickens either. Mm -hmm. So they weren't, you know, even she wasn't really considered even a part of this at that point. So in the realm of getting away with something, he got away with a, a lot, lot and never would have been looked at if it wasn't for the fact that he started talking. I don't know. And then what he gives you, it's not enough for me to say, Oh, 
there's a smoking gun for me personally. And, and this is coming from somebody who at first thought this guy has yes. done all these girls, like done them in. I also don't think when he's on his hiatus and hiding out in Panama, if he is seriously killing to this degree, when he leaves, he would have been doing it there too. I just personally don't think you're, you've had that much taste for this kind of activity and you just stop. Right. Now, I do believe he could be down in Panama exposing himself and maybe it's not being reported. I definitely think the entire time he's there, mm -hmm. he's probably doing that, right. you know, in my opinion. If he wasn't doing that, I believe he had access to young children. Mm -hmm. So and what we do know is that his wife did have a young child. Mm -hmm. And so that makes me wonder. Mm -hmm. And yeah. people don't talk bad about him when he's interviewed down there. Now, one of the things that he does say is um, that, you know, basically because he killed Dickens, he kind of like went to Panama and he was scared straight, you know, because of, of this murder. Okay, Again, but if that's the case, and now all of a sudden you're scared because you can be identified? I'm not but, buying that. And, that's, and that, is, that is one of the things here that kind of makes you wonder. But yet you were killing this whole time. It, I don't know. I mean, um, if, if it scared you that much, and you're talking cold blood at this right. point, right? And that's what he's claiming on these girls too, basically, mm -hmm. right? You know, shooting them and strangling whatever. <laughs> you're scared straight all of a sudden. And or then, you, you're scared of jail. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think he was probably scared of being discovered because if he got arrested down in Panama and they ran him down in Panama, there was a very good chance that they were going to find out he belonged to the United States and they were going to send him back home and he was going to be facing those charges. And so maybe he was scared straight in Panama because the fear of the fact that he was going to go back to jail or go to jail in the United States was enough, but I don't know. To I control mean, urges like that though? I mean, that that's a lot of self-control coming from a man that's saying a program's made me do it. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, and I think just kind of finishing up here a little bit, I what I will say to you is that Bell is a smart con man. And maybe he killed them and then giving this little bit of information is still his continuing con. I know that when he was up for parole, many of the families of these victims spoke up about not letting him out. Um, you know, and then you kind of go back and forth with this too. You're like, why would you do this? If you were up for parole, why would you start talking about other murders that you had co committed so that the parole board is looking at you and saying, we're not going to let that guy out, you know, because he's done more than what, what we know about. So, so there is that, but I think some people are wired so much that they need attention. Mm -hmm. Yes. He's asking for, he's saying, I'll give you more information if you give me immunity, but immunity that might've gotten him, even if they gave it to him, that might have gotten him immunity from prosecution for the girls, for the girls. Mm -hmm. But they can still go to his parole board and be like, this guy is, this guy, we gave him immunity on all of this. Just and a here's, closure to their families, right, and whatever. Here, yeah, and here's what he's given us. Um, and and so please don't let him out. Yeah, because And that probably would have kept him in. Yeah, because he's still doing time for the Larry Dickens murder, yeah. regardless of 
yeah. the immunity or not. Right. Because it's not getting so immunity, immunity from that. Immunity wasn't going to get actually, him out of jail. actually, when he's getting arrested for this, if he really wanted immunity that bad, wouldn't he have brought it up then? You know, almost like, hey, give me a lesser sentence. I got something for you. Right? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Because he's a smart guy. He's a if smart he, guy. If he had leverage, I do believe he would have tried to use it at that time, too. Mm -hmm. He's a, what I can say is he's a smart guy. He will probably always be a suspect in these cases. At least and some so, of them. Yeah, unless so, we can get the DNA that's all I can, some of these cases right. up, you know? All I can say is, with the way that this has gone, and when you look at, like, and I, I will tell you, I think go out and watch the docu-series on A&E, The Eleven. I found it fascinating and interesting, and I think that people should check it out because I thought it was great. Um, but at the same time, I think if you've listened to us, maybe, you know, kind of listen to it as, as you know, with, with what we have to say in mind. And I think, you know, it brings a different light on it. Yeah, and maybe bring us some questions. Yeah. You know. Um, but um but when you look at that too, one of the things that I would say is even if DNA brought us an answer in one of these two or three of these other cases, because he's been so vague, I truly believe that there are people out there that'll say, Oh, his confession's still true. It's just that you have the wrong case. If, if you found DNA for Kimberly Pitchford and you took her off the board and said, he didn't kill her, I don't know why he confessed to that, they'd say, nope, there's another redhead. Oh, sure, because it's like habitual liars. They're partially mm. telling you the truth most of the time just to keep it straight to themselves. Right, but I mean, I feel like people out there would would say that. Yeah. You know, be like, because, I mean, there there's a whole debate over there about whether or not Allison Craven is part of this, you know? And, and so when you go onto the message boards, you know, some people say, Oh, she's part of the 11. Other people say, no, you know, um, Henry Doyle killed her and he's in prison and stopped saying that, you know, she could be part of the 11 to the point that people have gotten pretty um, adamant about taking that down. Um, so again, I just feel like, you know, so little bits of information is out there. It's almost like, the only thing that really answers or the only thing that might make him enough of a liar would be Ackerman and Johnson, because that is the one one thing that really stays pretty true is that he's used that by name. But again, people say, yeah, but he told you he'd never killed him. So it has to be somebody different that he's talking about in the 11. So I don't know. You know, um, I will tell you this. If if I were looking at this right now, I would say that I have reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. Same. So. Which is shocking to me still that I can actually shift and think that way because I was wanting to tie him to everything when we first sat down yeah. and thought about this project. And you're like, I don't know. And I'm like, no, look. look yeah, because you, know? you were even like, I think he could have come back and done some of these uh -huh. other ones, you know? Yes. Um, and, uh, and so, but for me, for me, I, I just have a lot of reasonable doubt and I would need a whole lot more to make, to put me over that finish line of saying that Bill did this. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so I guess that's where we kind of pass it off into our listeners to say, now it's kind of up to you of, of what you think, you know, we, we've kind of laid it out there the best that we possibly can. Now that we've gotten through Bell 
And um, then we're going to actually kind of move forward at this point. We did have a, a viewer who asked us when we're going to get out of the 70s. And so I think we are actually looking at uh, the 80s on our next couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. So um, I still feel like there's a possibility that the 70s and the 80s are going to tie together. It's not like somebody gets a decade ends and a serial killer decides, oh, I'm done. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, but you know, we're going to kind of keep moving forward down this timeline of the Texas killing fields. Um, Bell gets less and less like a possibility unless you want to believe that he comes back around. Once he kills Dickens, I really feel like he's off the table. He's, well, he's, he's definitely off the table. He's not even in the country. Right. You know, um, so... So we'll be moving forward with the next ones and, and some possible other suspects. As we and I don't forward. think he would be stupid enough to be traveling back and forth to do this at this point. Because he would have a whole new hunting ground there. He's an awful lot smarter than you giving credit I know, but I mean, to really take the risk of traveling back and forth on your passport at that point? I don't know. Right. No, he would be, I mean, he'd be a lot more crafty than, than even I believe he is. <laughs> right. And I do, I think the best way that you can describe bell really goes back to his sister that he's a con man mm -hmm. and he's a liar and whether or not this con man has conned people into believing that he did this or whether or not he's conning people into believing that he didn't if you believe that he he did it then he obviously got away with it and that does make a pretty good con man if you believe that he he lied then this is a man who managed to focus a ton of cases onto himself. Mm -hmm. And what's really sad about that is the time, this is the time when I feel like we can solve some of these cases and the focus has been taken over by this guy. Right. And what I would hate is to think that departments have kind of put a pin in it and said, we don't need to test any more evidence because this guy confessed. Mm -hmm. And we know Harris County is uh, kind of always working towards those confessions and, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't really move past them to think of other avenues, I guess. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's or a lot. possibilities of, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of closed cases. Well, and certainly, you know, Rhonda Johnson and Sharon Shaw's case has never been opened again, mm -hmm. you know, because there's a confession there and somebody was convicted. Mm -hmm. And so why would we ever need to look at it again, right? Is right. is kind of the whole take on that one. So, um, and... And I'll tell you, I still have my doubts about Craven a little bit too. You know, I mean, it, here's another guy that I just don't feel like there was enough. There's enough information there to say, oh yeah, yeah, that explains everything. Mm -hmm. And I know that with these types of cases, we're not going to get everything explained, but I feel like with a confession, there should be a lot more. Right. I would agree with that. No. Well, thanks for joining us today, and we really appreciate you sticking with us. I know this was a lot of information, and please join us next time as we move forward into the 80s. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to, uh, yeah, because this is a whole, whole nother cluster mm -hmm. that, that comes in here. So um, what's interesting on the episodes that come to is, you know, we don't have that, um, what am I trying to say? Like stereotype, like there's just one person that's responsible for this. Right. So we really had to dig a little deeper there. Yeah. Because I mean, other than a few that are, are, are really 
like dedicated together, which I'm talking about the Calder Field victims, um, other than the fact that there is a true belief that all four of the Calder Field victims are killed by the same person, uh, a lot of these other victims that we start to look at um, are kind of outlier victims where they don't seem to be tied, but I think they still possibly mm -hmm. can be tied to something. So, And it is still a very active time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, good night. All right. Signing off.